Kia ora. Kofa Smithaho. Namai Welcome to the house. Last week on the house, we watched with fascination as the brand new speaker dove into the shark tank that is question time. It's not an enviable task. Rather than coming in hard, he tried out some different swimming strokes and directions of travel to see how they felt. This week, with that under his belt, he outlined his approach. And sorry to be focusing so much on the new speaker, but his role is pretty crucial to how each parliament turns out. Uh, Members, uh, as I suggested last week, I want to set out my approach to answering of parliamentary questions. It's well established that ministers are expected to answer questions unless they consider it not in the public interest to do so. Speaker's ruling 1993. The public interest test is a high one and should be used sparingly. Speaker's rulings 2001-1. Ministers are accountable to the House for the public office they hold and should therefore endeavour to give informative replies. uh, Speaker's ruling 206. That is the cornerstone of responsible government. I'll just butt in here to note that responsible government refers not to a government acting responsibly. It refers to the fact that government is responsible to parliament. Parliament is the boss. So answers aren't just ministers being polite to pesky opposition. They're actually responding to someone who is in part the overseer. Sorry, back to Jerry. Ministers are responsible for their answers. It's not for the Speaker to judge their quality or accuracy. The House and the public do that. Speaker's ruling 207.3. The Speaker's role is to uphold standing orders which require that an answer that seeks to address the question must be given if it can be given consistently with the public interest. Standing order 396. Ministers must make a reasonable attempt to provide an informative answer on the matter they've been asked about. This is particularly true for primary questions, since ministers have time to prepare their answers. Me again, to quickly explain primary questions. Ministers don't get asked single questions, but groups of them. The first question of each group, the primary, is provided beforehand to give the ministers some warning of the likely topic. The supplementary questions must relate to it. Once more to the breach. Question time is a political exchange. Members will not always be satisfied with the answers they receive. Speaker's ruling 207.2. They should use supplementary questions to probe unsatisfactory answers. Only in cases where an answer is manifestly inadequate will the Speaker intervene, usually by allowing further supplementary questions. Speaker's ruling 207.6. While there is a strong expectation from the House and the public that ministers will answer questions, the Speaker cannot force a minister to give an answer to a question. Speaker's ruling 1994. It is for members in the voting public to judge a refusal to answer. There's a lot in there, but I think you can kind of boil down the highlights to these points. One, ministers should answer questions unless it's not in the public interest to do so. Two, ministers should give informative replies, but ultimately the speaker is not responsible for whether the answers are good or indeed even accurate. But, three... Ministers should at least put some effort into primary questions, which they can hardly claim are a surprise. Four, if a minister's answer really sucks, what the Speaker colloquially termed manifestly inadequate, then the Speaker will gift some extra supplementary questions to probe further. And good luck to you. And finally, if a minister ignores their responsibility to the House and stays stumm, there's not very much the Speaker can do about that. 
It's worth noting that the Speaker Jerry Brownlee wasn't actually referencing Parliament's rules there, the standing orders. He was noting previous Speaker's own interpretations of them. Those rulings don't always head in the same direction, and each new Speaker must choose which of them to emphasise, or in fact whether or not to go back to the source and forge a new interpretation. It's surely harder than it looks. And then, whatever approach they adopt, well, that's the easy part. The hard part is trying to enforce it. You've been listening to The House. It's a whakaronga koe ki te whare. This programme is produced with funding from Parliament's Office of the Clerk. Matua.